0: You're listening to Highlights from One Planet Podcast interview with Jason W. Moore, professor of sociology at Binghamton University. The idea of man versus nature, which is a thoroughly modern, thoroughly bourgeois, thoroughly imperialist construct. No other civilization in human history had this construct where man was completely outside of, humans were completely outside of the realm of nature It was always one of connectivity that was absolutely severed. So the first step that we need to make, I think, is at least when we read these reports, is to substitute the word anthropogenic made by humans, anthropogenic climate change, and put in its place capitalogenic made by capital and so often these issues of what will happen are treated as if we are in a kind of abstract philosophical debating society and while speculation has its important crucial indispensable role speculation without a grounding in world history and the actually existing dynamics of power profit and life that have brought the planet to this moment is really nothing. It's just speculation. It's throwing phrases against other phrases. As Al Gore liked to tell us in Earth and the Balance, that it's a problem of we and it's a problem of technology delinked from the profit searching drive, delinked from the class dynamics of capitalism. And as anyone who studied technology and labor knows, the technologies that allow for bosses to control workers are the ones that are favored. It's not necessarily uh, about an abstract efficiency. Often the technologies of the modern world are monstrously inefficient. And yet because of environmentalism's historically historical myopia, if you will, and because of its pronounced distance from working class politics as well since 1968, for sure, that we have an inability to see that what so much of what environmentalism has been about, certainly since Limits to Growth in 1972, is been it's been about advocating a kind of managerial philosophy in which the right technological mix is ruled by the right experts and managing the planet as if it were a factory is the most rational way forward. And on that count, certainly, state socialist projects bear their resemblance to those as well but there's a lot of nuance there that we need to we need to look at for sure so yes indeed we need to look at the long history of how capitalism emerged and we need to understand that while people often use feudalism in a pejorative way in fact feudalism was a much more open And liberatory system was characterized by much lower degrees of inequality than what occurred in capitalism, especially after the years after the year 1550, more or less, when we begin to see the first onset of the first capitalogenic that is made by capital, capitalogenic climate crisis. So I mentioned these words, climate apartheid, climate patriarchy, which are real, very real in the world today. They are linked, of course, to the climate class divide. They are not the results of today's crisis. They are the prime movers of today's crisis. Just tell us a little bit about the World Ecology Research Network and you know, tell us about what, what that is, your role within it, and maybe how you know, others who are listening could get involved. What World Ecology points out is that we are not going to be able to grapple with the challenges of planetary crisis with the thinking that created planetary crisis. We are not going to be able to make sense of it and to act upon those sensibilities through the model of man and nature or society and nature. Those are geocultural concepts carried through and reproduced over the long run of capitalism that have been instruments of domination. Now, I'm not saying this in an academician's way, like what do you mean instruments of domination? Let me tell you that, as I like to quip, nature is modernity's N-word for the web of life. That it is not only about the domination of nature as long understood, but it is also inscribed and woven into the most fundamental fabric of sexism and racism as ways of advancing the rate of profit, the profit-making opportunities for the 1%. We want a truth and reconciliation moment because what Biggie environmentalism did from the beginning is it said some environmental problems are real environmental problems. They're problems of nature. They're uh, particular problems of pollution. They're particular problems of devastation and degradation, but they are not. They are not emphatically problems of working class lives. You wrote the book, History of the World in Seven Cheap Things. And just, uh, just tell us a bit about the organizing principle and for those who haven't read the work, Absolutely. So the first thing that we're going to remember is that this word nature, and I want you all to imagine an uppercase N with that. This word nature is not only the most complex word in the language, it's also in the modern world, the most dangerous word, because nature is what civilizations use to, to appropriate and exploit the unpaid work and the paid work of women, nature, and colonies to create systems of racialized and gendered domination and to do so through a project that I call bourgeois naturalism. That is to convert webs of life, including humans, into nature, the better that they can be cheapened. I love the field of environmental history. I, l- I learn so much every time. But most of it is premised on a denial of labor, a denial of class, and is very much a sort of market-oriented story. It makes capitalism into a story of markets. But capitalism is only secondarily a story of markets. Capitalism doesn't destroy webs of life or simplify them through the market. It destroys them by using markets that are backed by states and empires. And then the ultimate final analysis, it sends soldiers with guns out into the field to make sure that those natures can be used profitably by business. And so we want to get a sense of, you know, it's it's how capitalism works, not in relation to this separate thing that we call environmental history, but to understand, well, this is what Raj Patel and I do in Seven Cheap Things, is to understand that something as abstract as finance is in fact a way of transforming webs of life. As I like to say, Wall Street is a way of organizing nature. We hope you've enjoyed this program and listening to the highlights of this podcast. If you would like to get involved in One Planet podcast or learn more about environmental projects, click on the subscribe button. Thank you for listening.